What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a hefty episode with just two topics for you today. But with me, as always, a man who, to me, is like Manuel Neuer to Tony Tapalovic. It's Billy. Are you saying I'm going to get the sack for falling out with your football coach? <laughs> and I'm... I'm, I'm Mum's the word in comparison, by stark comparison to Mum Noya. But anyways. Like Lewis said, we'll keep this short and sweet, the intro. We spoke about the sacking of the coach that Manuel Noya was friends with at Bayern. But there's been an interview since then. And there's been a little bit of fallout between Bayern bosses and the club captain. And then we're going to move to the Premier League. And I don't know if you've uh, missed this or not, but Man City might be in a whole heap of trouble and they've been charged by the premier league with over a hundred financial breaches we'll take a look at what that could mean for the champions but first let's talk about neuer so go on my german friend you're the german goalkeeper out of the pair of us what happened after the sacking what what went on take it away well, I mean, unless you listeners have been living under a rock, and I even mean the ones who only tune into the Premier League part of this, because the interview wasn't done with just a German newspaper. The interview was also done with The Athletic, and namely, the journalist Raphael Honigstein was the interviewer. So even my English friends, you should know what went on. But if you happen to miss it, basically, the most incendiary comments by Noya in this interview were that his heart was ripped out when his longtime friend and goalkeeper coach Tony Tapalovic was fired. He was stunned because he said it wasn't Bayern-like because Bayern have always said they treat the whole club as a family. You know, we're talking the employees are just all part of the big Bayern family and no one is, you know, lower than the other one in that sense. He also said that the relationship between him and manager Julian Nagelsmann has always been quote-unquote professional, which is, I think we can both agree, the lowest anyone can possibly describe a relationship in the football world. And also the most incendiary one was probably, this is the most shocking thing I've experienced in my career, and I've experienced a lot. So, Bill, you know... If you could hazard a guess, what do you think the Bayern boss has made of that? I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here, Lewis, and say they weren't best pleased with that. And uh, Oliver Kahn, you know, the angry ginger... He's blonde, come he's, on. Uh, okay, right, okay. If Oliver Kahn's <laughs> blonde, then so am I. <laughs> Well, your beard is strawberry blonde, he's blonde. Your beard is ginger as can be, Bill. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This will be the last episode <laughs> of the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> he's not a man that I would want to make angry, regardless of whether I was Manuel Neuer or not, because he seems very, very scary. I think let's get this out of the way. First and foremost, this is not comparable to Ronaldo's one. 
with Piers Morgan. This is completely separate. It wasn't a, essentially a, an attack on the club. It, it, the, the, the whole interview goes into other stuff other than the skiing incident. That was just a part of what, what was said. But obviously you can't ignore it. You can't brush it under the carpet. He's the club captain. He's basically the almost the first point of call for players. He's the face of what the modern Bayern success story has been over the last 10 years, without a shadow of a doubt. Exactly. If, he's he's if, been yeah, there for, for it all. Exactly. And we'll, we'll talk about what, what the bosses said in a second, but I think to begin with, what a stupid situation he's put them in. Well, obviously, because I mean, if you if you think about the fact that just about a month and a half ago, or now almost two months ago, you know, he breaks his leg on an ill-advised skiing trip. Let's put it that way. Um, Felix Magat, uh, the the savior of all Bundesliga clubs in the relegation zone, has has since said, you know, it was obviously a careless mistake, but that's the way footballers are. I don't know how far you would agree with that statement. It's a little bit, you know, eh, yeah, footballers are not, you know, sometimes not the brightest. But even for a footballer, I still say it's hard, you know, to to just brush it under the carpet as, you know, it was a careless mistake. You know, it, he is, you expect, you would expect more from him. And, you know, we've already gone into depth about, about this whole thing. But yeah, and and we've, and we've said it. You know, last episode, he's cost Bayern now with that mistake thirty million, and on top of that, he's gone and put out this interview. In any other line of work, at this point, he would have been fired with suing for defamation. On top of that, but obviously, Noya is not just anyone, and this is the footballing industry. So obviously. You know, Bayern are now becoming FC Hollywood all over again. If if they ever were, if they ever managed to get away from that from that image, if we're being honest. Look, it it, it comes up in a season where things aren't going all your own way. Oh hell, like, no. you you might Bayern might win the league again, but at the moment it's so tight up there. You know, Union are. A, a top if they play before Bayern, you know, Which you're loving. Uh, don't don't even try and deny it. What can I say? <laughs> a thinking man's Bundesliga side. But you know, they're not running away with it. They've got a difficult game in the Champions League where Neuer would have been a massive boost. Oh have uh, Killian and Mbappe or not. There's Maybe enough players in PSG. Neymar, are you kidding? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and Jan's on a not had a lot of Champions League experience. Definitely not knockout experience. But I think it it's it's really summed up by what Hassan Salihamidzic said two days after the interview, where he said that I understand that Manuel was personally affected, but for him, especially as captain, I would have expected different behaviour. Yeah, I mean, you know, Herbert Heiner, the Bayern president, goes on to say, you know, he fully agrees with what uh, Hasan Zalihamidzic and Oliver Kahn have said, um, and that he basically is just really disappointed in the fact that Neuer 
chose to go the route through you know the public eye basically and not come to the club bosses directly before that and we'll get into you know why Naya has done this but when we're looking at just the way the season's going and you know now it's crunch time this would arguably arguably have been the time where you know you need to have the team in line the whole club working as one so that you can function in three different competitions and achieve the highest possible outcome and like you said i think with psg you couldn't have gotten a harder draw in this champions league because you're talking about you know leo messi who has just won the world cup a neymar who you know the world cup performance even in the world cup he definitely showed why he is still one of the world's best um you know he's drawing up and mbappe obviously losing the world cup final was nowhere near his fault because he did everything possible in his power to pull that through and you know without even like you said even with him being injured they still boast a very difficult side to play against and now to have this much media attention on the club and you know Julian Nagelsmann said in the even in the um press conference before the match against Wolfsburg you know if i obviously if he had if he had been Neuer, he wouldn't have done the interview um just because of the time and the point in the season that they are at and also because now he's head of 17 questions 16 of them will be about this damn interview and not about the game coming up against Wolfsburg which obviously He's completely right about. So I think with all of this going on, you know, the interview couldn't have come at a more inopportune moment. So my my next question would would be where what does this mean? Where is Neuer now with Bayern? Where are Bayern with Neuer? Where you know, what are the repercussions? What's the punishment? What is the do you take the captaincy off of him? Well, that's the thing, right? Because, um, you know, Lothar Matthäus, who is also said, you know, even even in his analysis of the whole interview, he said, I was the biggest Neuer fan. Notice he said I was. Um, but he, he said, you know, I was the biggest Neuer fan before. I thought he was the most professional football player could be. But, you know, he's, he's you know, let alone the captaincy, he's definitely rocking his legacy. And it could mean, you know, like Cristiano Ronaldo, who definitely has tarnished his legacy with that interview of Piers Morgan. Um, Matteo said this could definitely tarnish Neuer's legacy because he has been the face of the club for the last 10 years, along with Thomas Müller and Robert Lewandowski. There's a reason those three were the top paid players last season. Um, You know, Lewandowski already had a very rocky goodbye, so to speak from Bayern and now Neuer has very much as online polls have shown alienated the Bayern fan base or a large chunk of it you know there were even comments from a from the uh, from the leader of one of the Bayern fan clubs that this was under the belt and this interview was an absolute catastrophe and how Neuer could even dare to do something like that you know let alone as club captain um and if we're being honest, the repercussions so far 
there are a few options and you know i think you know obviously philip lam once 2010 gave an interview where he said where he criticized the mentality at bayern he was fined heftily i think we can you know expect a hefty fine going forward um but Herbert Heiner has even said, you know, as much as, you know, this has been disappointing, he has still said that a um, contract dissolution, the way United handled it with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, is not an option. And that is uh, something that has basically, where he basically said that is something that makes us strong as a club, that we still try and work our way forward. That is an immediate you know, those are the immediate um, consequences, but we also have to be looking long-term. And long-term, we already said it last week, there is going to be a hefty fight for number one if long-term Noya still wants to come back and fight for a spot as starting goalkeeper. The, the thing I take away from this, and we spoke about this last week, so I won't go deep into it. Uh, so is Gnabry being essentially openly criticised for going to Paris Fashion Week. On a day he had off, not half as catastrophic as Neuer's leg break to the team as a whole. What One thing I, I, I do think, and you said if Neuer wants to come back and and fight for, for number one still, I think that, that now could he potentially be a little bit disillusioned, a little bit, like you said, it felt like he'd had his heart ripped out because Topalovic got the sack. Do you think that's now, Bayern might want to keep him, they, they're not going to sack him, they're not going to terminate his contract, that would be a a ridiculous thing to do. But do you think in the player's mind, he, he might be thinking, well, if an offer came in, why wouldn't I go somewhere else? I don't think you could discount it, no. Um, but one thing I would think is that Noya, he's not trying, he didn't openly try to, um, you know, make sure that he was gone from the club, which is, I think also one of the key reasons why, you know, even you yourself have said it differs in comparison to the Ronaldo interview, because I think Ronaldo definitely just wanted out. He didn't have any options. Um, he wasn't happy with where he was. And he wanted out. It was a clear message because I don't think, you know, it's a, it's a difference between going to Piers Morgan and having your interview televised like some tabloid newspaper would and going to trusted sources and trusted newspapers like The Athletic, like Süddeutsche Zeitung. Um, that it's There's a little bit of a difference with the way it went down. Also, the, the um, wording that he chooses, you know, having... Obviously, it's very crass and very, um, you know, and it's very strong wording, but it's just wording that basically he just wants to show his emotions. And he wants to be heard is what I'm taking away from the interview. And, you know, not just me, but experts have said as well. It's not so much, um, you know, the fact that he wants to get out of Bayern. It's the fact that he wants to be heard. And some people, you know, like um, Sky Sports uh, Germany expert Tabia Kemme, uh, she said, it's nice and refreshing to see, you know, not one of these pre-programmed interviews where the club has basically redacted half of the stuff you want to say and then said, this is the stuff you can say, you know, now you can go and publish. Um, you know, he's he's let his emotions fly, basically. So I think 
you know, if we're looking back um, at will what will he come back and how will he come back? There is an option for him to come back, but I think you can't get away from some form of public apology because he has definitely taken a swipe at management and at the club, and it's not just any swipe. No, it's a sizable dig at, at senior management. There will have to be a a, a buy-in TV, sit-down apology and things like that. But, like, yeah, it's good to see a human side to an elite sports person. Oh, exactly. And, you know, if you if you look at the interviews he normally gives, everyone is, you know, always slammed Noya for being... Uh, it's just always like it. It basically looks like a like a kid's pressed into his Sunday best. Basically, it's very bland and it's very cut, uh, cut and edited and and very pre-programmed and almost robotic in that sense. And you know, for someone like that to finally give his opinion means that this isn't just an issue that has been that is cropped up in the last couple of weeks. This is an issue that has definitely been cooking for months. Well, well, we'll talk about a potential power struggle in a sec, but I just want to... You mentioned Felix Magat earlier, and he's essentially, well, positions you don't fuck with. Felix Magat's guide to management. <laughs> uh, one, the guy who scores you goals. I'd argue Nagelsmann and senior bosses at Bayern have already done that when they openly pursued... Harland and ignored Lewandowski but we can talk about that another time and uh, the other one the guy who saves your ass uh, the, the goalkeeper the guy who essentially is the final form and for years Neuer has been that one final it's Same. almost yeah you know players used to usually come up against Neuer and it's like a fear factor about it yeah, I mean, if you take if you if you take Cristiano Ronaldo twenty fourteen away from that equation, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't want to mention that exactly. We did, we we gloss over that, but you know, yeah, if if you're looking at it, it definitely has been. He's been one of the guarantees for wins and for titles for Bayern over the last ten years for Germany as well. Um, and yeah, as you said. And I, th- I would agree with Magat on that on that score as well. You know, you don't screw with those two positions. Those are your key positions. Mainly also because usually you only play with one maximum two strikers and you only have one goalkeeper. And as you said, Bayern have already screwed with uh with with the with the former position. And now they're and now there's a little bit of an air that, you know, they're also screwing with the latter position. And I think there are there are two viewpoints to this. Um where I would say the club definitely are partially to blame in this um, in this whole interview debacle, if you want to call it that, because, and you already said it, there definitely were was a power struggle at Bayern, and they didn't do enough to mediate it. Um, and you know, when I'm talking about the power struggle, we're talking about uh, not there was a struggle between Tapalovic and Nagelsmann, which we already discussed at length. Um, there was, you know, there were obviously they couldn't work well together. Nagelsmann even himself said there wasn't always like a togetherness about the way they were working. Um, and now that power struggle has splashed over to become Neuer and Nagelsmann. And I think 
now, Nara and Nagatsman, this if they don't find a way back to each other, that would be the main reason why Naya leaves because you can't have a power struggle that rips a club apart because it's cut because it's captain versus manager. Oh God, no! I think it's it's interesting because Sky Germany, uh, you know, uh, allegedly I can't say this is you know gospel, but Neuer having s- stopped Tapalovic being sacked once already, and the fact that Julian Nagelsmann goes through Joshua Kimmich for squad issues, squad advice, essentially, rather than talking to who is his club captain. Oh yeah, that's definitely hurt Neuer in that sense. And I think, you know, it's kind of becoming a pattern because you have, or you had this position where under Flick, Tony Tapalovic was more than just a goalkeeper coach. He was also a confidant. He was also... Um, a senior advisor, if you will, to Flick. And if the club allows something like that to happen or a goalkeeper coach to get into that role, which I wouldn't say is uh, is without without reason, because, you know, you're looking at the, at the goalkeeper coach who has made one of the best, if not the best goalkeeper of all time over the last 10 years, and he's definitely shown his worth and proven his worth and shown why he could also be a trusted advisor. And Flick obviously used that. Now you have Nagelsmann who comes in and all of a sudden you're trying to take away that power. And Nagelsmann kind of feels like he's not really working together with Tapalo, which obviously we don't know what exactly went on. But if you're trying to take Tapalovich back down from that position, obviously he's not going to like it. And this is where the club should have mediated better. And, you know, with Tapalovic obviously being Naya's best friend as well, you know, he, he was the best man at Naya's wedding. Um, I know we keep referencing that, but it, you know, just goes to show how a goalkeeper coach is more than just a friend, you know, and that's what makes this, I think that's what makes this interview also the way it is, is because Naya's viewing this more from the perspective of a friend uh, and confidant who, then is reacting to his best friend's sacking rather than as the club captain, which is something that Didi Haman has said was, you know, fault on Naya's part and arguably yes. Um, but I think, you know, if you're, if you, when you're looking at it, Bayern definitely should have come into this a lot for, or the bosses should have come into this a lot earlier because, you know, like I said already, the pot was cooking because Neuer and Nagelsmann have already not been getting along for a few months. And obviously because, you know, since Nagelsmann has been in charge almost from day one, it's being even said by Sky Sports Germany that he's been going through Kimmich rather than Neuer. By all means, Kimmich might be the third designated captain. But if you're going through the third designated captain, not the captain, captain himself to get, you know, to have your pulse on or to get your finger on the pulse of the team, that's a problem in my eyes that is created by Julian Nagelsmann and not Manuel Neuer. Well, seeing as uh, that you see it that way, why don't we finish up on this topic before we dwell too long on it? I want your takes, Lewis, and then we'll see uh, how they differ from my own. But take it away. The, the whole situation, the floor is yours. So I have to 
agree with Magat in the sense that um, because obviously Magat has said also in response to this interview that looking at it from a sporting perspective, Naya has more than enough the grit and the capability to get back to where he was. We take the injury that took him out of the whole 2017-18 season with his broken foot. He still came back and then came back in style almost to say when he was an elemental part of Bayern winning the treble again. Um, so I don't think there is any question of Neuer coming back from a sporting perspective. The very, very, and I say this is almost the, the key part to a possible comeback for Neuer is that he definitely has to make some sort of public apology. Because his interview has, it's not just from a sporting perspective, that it's fractured, um, you know, the, the relationship. It is a personal relationship that he's fractured with the club and with the club's elite, obviously the club bosses. It's that personal relationship that has definitely taken a hit. And that's where the, um, really the, the first step has to be taken. And, you know, Julian Nagelsmann said himself, you know, Naya indirectly, obviously paraphrasing, um, because his exact words were the the involved parties should need to take now or are now need to take the first step to making this right. Obviously, means Naya by that. Um, there definitely has to be something, some coming together of Naya and the bosses and Nagelsmann where they find a solution that works for everyone. Because without that, Naya can be as good as he likes. He can be miles better than Jan Zoma. And there is still no way back for him. Whether he comes back as club captain, I don't know. It's hard to imagine a scenario where Noya takes the pitch in a Bayern shirt and is not wearing the armband. But the interview definitely will have left some scars and will still carry some consequences in the future. But I think the key thing here is Noya has to make the first step or take that first step. And he has to basically say an issue of public apology and basically say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have taken, you know, the public route. I should have cleared this internally. But on the other hand, he had to do, he obviously felt he had to get some things heard. So, you know, who are we to judge him in that sense? But I think at the end of the day, that's the only way forward. Well, that's interesting. And... I'm sure people will let you know if they agree with you on Twitter and Instagram. I think if you're one half of the spectrum, I am very much the other. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a good uh, balanced podcast, would it? If we if we always just agree with each other, would it? Exactly. Who wants that conflict? That's what sells. That's why Arsenal Fan TV is so big. Conflict <laughs> is key. But my so my my personal takeaways from is the personal relationship with Julian Nagelsmann is, is, is damaged. Not completely beyond repair. Like I'm not suggesting he would never play for Bayern again if he decided to stay. But they need some serious couples therapy. Oh yeah. Like especially if he's going through Yosua Kimmich for other stuff. I think this is different to any other normal situation because of the contract length of Julian Nagelsmann and the fee paid for Julian Nagelsmann. You don't sack a manager you paid that much money for 
at the drop of a hat. You don't turn at the first sign of trouble. Uh, look, at the end of the day, the way I see it, he is an idiot. Pro player should not be going skiing midway through a season. Okay, if you're going to do it in an off season, I'm, I'm sure there are parameters around that because I, I, I wager this isn't the first time he's gone skiing, but not midway through a season. I know he said that it was, what was the quote? Uh, like going to a, a bakery for him, like a way to clear his head. Okay, but do the baby's first slope. Don't do bloody... Cross country, yeah. yeah no. oh, idiot. And look, I know you don't want to hear this, and there'll be people out there that support Bayern that don't want to hear this. I think bosses have backed Julian Nagelsmann. They've sent a clear message to Manuel Neuer, which is maybe why he felt he had to do this interview with Rafa Honigstein. But things come to an end. Perhaps now it's time to cut the cord with Manuel Neuer and to bring through Alex Nubel. I think if Nubel wasn't the future, if they didn't see him as a viable option, they wouldn't have sacked a coach that he doesn't get on with. Allegedly, doesn't get on with. You say allegedly, he's pretty far, pretty far up there. One thing I would say in rebuttal to that is, yes, you do have to basically ease in the transit you have to you know transition into what's to come which is Naya obviously can't play forever but there are definitely better ways to do it the one thing that kind of has me still grasping at straws almost trying to argue pro Naya is the fact that without this skiing incident Tapalovic would still be goalkeeper coach and you wouldn't have had any of this Obviously, should have, could have, would have, whatever. But, you know, this this whole thing, the whole skiing trip just makes it so hard to argue pro-Noya in any, in any case. Because it was just so, it was clear human error and error on his part. And just, it was just careless as uh felix magadine said so yeah i guess i guess i'd say i wouldn't i don't think that it is the cut of the cord yet i still think that people that the club try will try to find an amicable way to weather the storm but i could see why you know maybe you would say that right now maybe just do a clean cut but i as a bayern fan personally don't think that that is the best option for the goal for the best goalkeeper of all time in my eyes well do let us know on twitter and on instagram what your opinions are of the Mamo Noy situation is it just an honest mistake by someone who wanted to go skiing is the legend tarnished or is he just like i said earlier an idiot but now it's time to move over to the premier league for something a little bit scandalous well, like we said in the intro, over a hundred breaches of the Premier League financial codes. Bill, do you think that this is bigger or just another, you know, UEFA investigation 
FFP breach, whatever, Cass will weather it. It's not that big of a deal. Or is this really, this is happening, City fans, get ready. I'm going to be honest, I think it's probably a combination of the two. I think it's different to the UEFA one because unlike that, they cannot appeal it. So once the Premier League's decision is made, that's final, whatever they decide. I think get ready, City fans, is probably a little bit sinister. I don't think they're going to be relegated. I don't think they're going to be you know, expelled from the league. Uh, for those people that haven't read into it, live under a rock or don't understand the situation, uh, basically, in layman's terms, you know, Manchester City financial breaches for dummies, they essentially cooked their books for 10 years, made inappropriate manager and player payments, dodged financial fair play and didn't cooperate, cooperate, cooperate with the Premier League investigations. So I think the biggest one out of that is Roberto Mancini when he was Man City manager. Was obviously being paid by Man City, but there are allegations of separate payments from Abu Dhabi. Now, you don't know that that's true. That's what this investigation is for, but it's worth just giving City's brief statement Manchester City is surprised by the issuing of these alleged breaches of Premier League rules, particularly given the extensive engagement and vast amount of detailed materials the EPL has been provided with. The club welcomes the review of this matter by an independent commission to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists to support its decision. We look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. So, I mean, that's kind of funny because, you know, obviously one of the allegations or the charges brought by the Premier League is that they did just not do that. They didn't, you know, cooperate fully with the Premier League investigation. They they definitely didn't help the officials. And, you know, they they've been cooking the books for years. Obviously, it's in City's nature to you know, say, you know what, all this is false. None of it, none of it has any basis. We're fine. They have to put out that statement more or less. But you say the whole thing came about, you know, with Mancini and the player contracts. Take us through exactly what it means cooking the books wise. What have City done in that regard? So I think the biggest the biggest one and the main one, the main reason, other than separate payments via uh, the Abu Dhabi group, is, and people may remember this when they were charged in, in 2018, uh, Der Spiegel, the German magazine, leaked documents where City essentially inflated their own sponsorship money to comply with UEFA's financial fair play rules. And there's more allegations of that where They've, again, layman's terms, and, and basically they've contacted shareholders and said, we need X amount of money to be paid in from that sponsorship account, that sponsorship deal. So it comes up on our books as basically a, a sponsorship payment. And this is completely separate to the fact that 
they essentially made up a betting company and they were they're under investigation for that which is completely separate which isn't going to help their case at all so what happened with uefa in 2020 is that they were banned for two years from uefa competitions and everyone sort of went oh oh shit they they can actually do that financial fair play has some ramifications it went to the court of arbitration for sport and Cass said you can't really do that so we're going to overturn that decision and city got away with it <sighs> look i'm not going to sit here and be one of those people that's going to be relishing and, and happy that oh shit you're going to get relegated or have fun in league two because it's just not going to happen you say that but the big six clubs this just came out on sky sports uk today the big six clubs are apparently pushing for exactly that a relegation of manchester city and they obviously really want to see city bleed yeah they might want to see city bleed but that's six clubs out of you know the other 19 in the league you I'm, say I'm not, that, but, but again, for me, yeah but for me the big thing is the fact that they that are also this is also allegedly allegedly the consensus is the complete stripping of titles for manchester city during the time frame wouldn't be enough and that only relegation would be enough that is what kind of gets me thinking you know yeah look could this be strip them of titles all you want but you cannot retrospectively award championships to people they didn't do it in italy when juventus were relegated they just have an asterisk next to the to the league you know X a uh, year X and Y title not awarded. You know it wouldn't be United wouldn't have another three. Uh, Liverpool wouldn't have another three. That's that's not going to happen. You can't also financially, fi you know, you can't find them because they've got money coming out of their ears. That's like walking up. You know, it's like walking up to Scrooge McDuck and saying, "Oh well, you've lied about how much money you've got in that coin pool." So I'm going to take X amount away from you. Just open another bag and pour more in. It's not. Well, yeah, but that, but that's the thing then, because you know some some like sports law bas barrister um, Ashley Kukier has you know he said anything is possible. Anything from just a slap on the wrist, you know, don't do that again, you know, finger wagging, all the way up to league expulsion, stripping of titles, points deduction, fines, whatever is possible. But you've just kind of negated three of that. So, what do you think is the most likely outcome? I think it'll be a point. It'll be points deductions, and it won't be this season. They'll start future seasons because this will not be a. We'll wake up next week and it'll be done. Oh hell no! This is earliest. Earliest will be next season, and you know they can't overturn it if the investigation and all that goes through because City aren't going to take this lying down. No. They'll, they could start next season, say, minus 20 or minus 30 points. I mean, they're still going to blitz through that anyway. I think because it's just a Premier League issue, there'll be no European ban. Well, so I mean, unless obviously they don't manage, but then it's through a sporting you know, aspect, obviously, if they don't manage top six. Um and they don't get you know Europa or Prem or Champions League spots, then they don't through that, that. Would that would be the idea to hamstring them so much with a points deduction 
that it almost becomes impossible for them to get a European place. Well, at that rate, they're going to have to make them start at like minus 50 points because that <laughs> team is just that good. So like, like I said, they have, they're not going to take this lying down. They've hired uh, Lord Panic to represent them, who charges £5,000 an hour or 400 k a week. Well, I'm sorry, but they're shelling that out goes... to at least four other players. So does that really make that much of a difference? <laughs> uh, no. But yeah, if it goes to court, he charges 400 k a week. He, he successfully appealed UEFA's Man City ban at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And he helped fend off a lawsuit from uh, a former city manager, Joe Royal, after his sacking. So he's got history in Man City. He knows the financial know. workings of Man City. I was about to say, he probably knows every single bit of dirt that's going on there. Because, you know, in my personal opinion, it doesn't surprise me that this whole thing has come out. Well, I was just about to bring you on to that. It's a little bit suspicious, the timing of this. And I think there is... There is a whiff of the Premier League wanting to put its foot down, assert its dominance and make uh, make an example of one of the big boys. Well, yeah, because, you know, the, and this has just also been pointed out by the BBC, the UK government has started a white paper process, I think, or I believe is the, is the term. And it's basically a way to get an impartial external regulator in football governance because, quote-unquote, the way it's gone so far hasn't drawn any or hasn't done any good. Basically, what the, at this point, there has been a regulatory committee installed by the UK government saying FFP is not doing anything. So we, have, we feel that we need an external regulator to basically come in and make sure that football is running accordingly and, not, and isn't corrupt. There are two coins or two sides to this coin which is one city have obviously argued the fact that the timing is very suspicious because this whole white paper is supposed to come out very soon as well and now the premier league is supposed to be showing you know its force and basically the argument is that they're trying to show that they don't need an external regulator the flip side to that is obviously the Premier League took four years to basically get this whole investigation charged, which arguably shows that they do need an external regulator because it takes them that long to get an investigation going. But my question to you is this. Do you think that it is just timing or do you think that this really is just down to the fact that it was over 100 tar charges, the Premier League needed the time and, you know... X, Y, and Z, it's just down to the issue at hand and not, you know, some greater political motive. I, again, similar to the Neuer, it's a combination of the two. I think, yeah, look, that many charges, this isn't an overnight thing. Oh, the intern isn't just getting all these typed up in one night and pulling an all-nighter and then that's getting sent over to one of the biggest football clubs in this on this planet no no uh, but on the other side i think there is definitely a need for an independent regulator because four years i think is probably i mean you think about had these punishments come in a couple you know a couple years after the breaches ended in 2018 say these these came about in 2020 2019 then you've got 
know, three or four years accounted for. Whereas now, you know, what if City had done the same thing in 2019, 2020, 2021, you know, it's only 10 years and it's taken to, it's taken them too long. Look, on the whole, I don't think that they're not going to get relegated. The big six can kick and scream all they want. They're not going to get relegated because at the end of the day, City make the money. I was about to say, that is basically one of the main reasons the Premier League make money. Like you're taking away a massive, massive chunk of income and revenue. And at the end of the day, sadly, money does run this world. Exactly. You know, they're not going to get sent down to League Two. They're not going to be playing Morecambe and potentially Wrexham next year. It's just not going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is still a very fluid situation. We're probably going to be getting news on this probably day by day. There's going to be some new chunk of information coming in. The one thing I think that, or the one person that is probably skipping at this news, even more so than the rest than the rest of the big six, is Todd Bowley, because now the whole spotlight, FFP-wise, is off Chelsea and onto City. Because Chelsea, with their spending, they've spent more on one... Wi- I mean, taking away from the fact that it's the winter transfer window, where clubs usually don't spend that much money anyway. They're already eclipsing spending records, or they've ex- eclipsed spending records by a mile. And in my opinion, you probably do need an external regulator just because it's taken this long to get a city charge leveled. Think about how long it'll take until Chelsea are charged for the for any possible breach in FFP with their spending from this season. Well, I was going to say, you know, that would potentially fall under UEFA as well. So if City do get punished in any way Chelsea better start you know looking for a good lawyer but I think that's probably a good place to end it for this week it's been a scandal heavy episode uh, well, we, we are sorry for all of the uh, all of the factoids and uh, fact checking and that had to be done for this episode but seeing as it is a fluid fluid situation on both levels probably the city one more than Noya. you know we have to do our duty as very esteemed journalists of this of this world you know it's just it just has to be done i can't even say that with a straight face anyways (laughs) as always don't forget to like share and subscribe to at sports news on facebook twitter and instagram and make sure to check out our previous episodes as well as make sure to keep your eyes peeled every week for the newest episode of the 50 plus one football podcast on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon podcasts. But thank you very much for listening guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.